0: This best of episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, GoDaddy, the retirement Sherpa Tim Niblett, the Chambers Plan, and the Electric Vehicle Network. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. The fabulous Kenny Robinson is a living legend on the Canadian comedy scene. But he's not only funny, he's a fantastic actor. And if you're looking for cutting observational perspectives, be it political or sexual or whatever comes up at the moment, you want Kenny Robinson. Here he is. On Humble and Fred.
1: Uh, world, humbleandfredradio.com, around uh, North America, Mexico, the Caribbean, live on Sirius XM. Uh, my brother Steve's in Edmonton. He says happy birthday from the Terwilliger. <laughs> this is such a Canadian. The Terwilliger Rec Center in Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> represent, you know, oftentimes you'll hear people that host programs say things like this next guest needs no introduction, or this person is a friend of mine. Uh, both of these are actually true. I
2: do need an uh, introduction.
1: Well, wait a second, son. Okay. because not only not only is this person uh, uh, someone I've known a long, long time, but I don't need to read. Like oftentimes, Amanda Barker, our producer here, will give me a big, and give Freddie and I a big, you know, list of this person's credits and all that stuff, a package. But here's a person that I don't need any of that to introduce. Well, I did. Is that anyway. fair?
2: That's absolutely true. Cause get uh, your
1: face right on that microphone. So.
2: I was, I was just, uh, I was a young man myself, kicking open those doors when we hooked up.
1: Uh, for the last forty years, this uh, kid from the prairies, much like myself, uh, he moved to uh, Chicago, and I moved to uh, L.A. Uh, when I first met this uh, gentleman, he was making noises in a comedy club I'd never heard before and I don't mean him personally. I'm talking about the audience. It was a combination of laughter and fucking shock. <laughs> so um, but why well, I want to say one more thing about Kenny Robinson? A lot of people in Canada, the states know him as a comedian, but this there's few there are a few people as a comedian. you do not want to walk on stage after and he's one of them. Please say hello to
2: Kenny Robinson everybody. Woo! Thank you very much, and uh, and happy birthday. I saw, that's a good thing about Facebook. We know when it's people's birthdays. It is May a before. good thing,
1: and it's it also is. a good thing to kind of stay in touch with one another and, and just to kind of see what each other's doing. I always tell the story. The first time I headlined in uh, Toronto, I was playing the Bay and Yorkville Club, which is a great club, and it's been turned into some kind of million-dollar condo oh, it's there.
2: Oh, dis- it's all condos now. It's all discos. It's, it's, so, it's all condos now. I so wish it was discos.
1: I went, uh, so Kenny was uh, somebody that had been sort of a mentor to me, and, and like a lot of people People in Canadian stand-up, and Tia, he said, "Hey, Howard, congratulations! Okay, you know, you, you you basically do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday." He goes, "Hey, I'm going to come down Wednesday and, and see your first night there." I go, "Great!" He goes, "I'm just going to go on and do a couple minutes." <laughs> I said, "Sure," and you went on and did a, like I don't know eight or ten minutes and just destroyed like it was just carnage. And I I'm,
2: wanted them warmed up for you. <laughs>
1: And I'm sitting there back there sitting there going, really, Kenny? Really? You could have just done something sweet. He goes on there talking about heroin and fucking bitches and, and I'm up there doing my little Jewish. Anyway, I'm from Moose Jaw.
2: Well, see, but it it, it helped to make the, the smooth transition for you. Yeah, it did. After that, they're going, oh, good, somebody we can relate to again. <laughs> this... Someone I could bring home to my mother or let my children watch. So it, it was a good thing.
1: Listen, there's a guy that, uh, it's the road less traveled. Darren Frost and Kenny have been traveling around doing this show for a long time called Rankin Vine. A lot of comics would, you know, at this age, you know, maybe want to calm it, <laughs> calm it down a little bit, but you haven't seemed to.
2: We can't calm it down. This is the only thing that we know how to do. This is how we roll. So how are we going to calm down what we are? You know, it's, uh, cal- I mean, I, we can be calmed down when they put that dirt on our coffin. That's when we'll be calmed down. It's, uh...
1: well, describe to Fred, who's probably, I mean, you've never seen Kenny and. In a club What kind of show people When they come and see you this week And wherever
3: you are Unique Unique (laughs) Yes
1: Really (laughs) Really Ken That's your answer
3: Well why would you calm down Hmm? Uh, I don't know well, I
1: mean, a lot of guys would say, you know, it's not worth having some people in the audience get up and fucking leave.
2: It's not worth me having to say what I don't want to say to like have them stay. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, I went, you know, for all the years I, I, I earned a reputation of being a dirty comic. And then I became probably one of the better political comics in the country. But I still didn't get those corporate gigs. So, uh, you know, there's no point in selling out now. I may as well go out shooting if I'm going out. Yeah, and,
1: and as far as politics goes, this is the best time to be alive as a comedian.
2: Oh, I mean... Um you know, I mean, I, I, Rob Ford was just warm up for uh, <laughs> that's right for, you know, for this man named Trump. You he was know? a and silly little opener. He was he was he was a, he, he, he had his nice little I, I've got enough to eat at home. But now we've got so much more to happen with. And I don't know, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of mixed up, though, with this with, with the joke that got this woman fired from Saturday Night Live. It wasn't yeah. the most vicious joke you could put on a kid. You know what I mean? You know, this one
1: we're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I do.
2: You know, he says uh, he's going to be the first homeschool uh, school shooter. shooter. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's not so bad. I didn't think it was that bad at all, to tell you the truth. But I think the reason why she got the boot is because Trump's already, you know, having a stroke every time Baldwin does his shtick. So, you know, I think Lauren Michaels is probably trying to say, okay, we've got to pull this back because they're having a whole episode of Baldwin doing Trump. So
3: what do you think? Well, you just can't take a 10 year old kid and make him part of that. You just can't. And that can lead to no good. And you know the reaction's going to be bad. And again, as we've said all along, flip the thing there. If it had been a, a Democrat's But kid. it had been. but It had been, been. for they, eight
2: years. Yeah, they, and, then and before that was Chelsea Clinton. So no, it's got to a of p- thing is, Chel- shooting.
1: Well, no, a but shooter. Chelsea Clinton was uh, uh, made fun of. Yeah. And the, she
3: defended the kid. Did you hear that? Chelsea Clinton came out and said, leave this kid alone. For sure, sure because yeah. she's gone through it. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, if you could see some of the vile, and I went on a couple of the sites, uh, sort of the alt-right sites, some of the things they said about Obama's children, mm-hmm. Like, give me a fucking break. That Barron joke wasn't that bad. I get the sentiment.
2: I say, leave Barron alone until he grabs his nanny's pussy. Then after that's right. that, then <laughs> so, after until after game.
1: Until Baby Trump grabs some pussy. But,
3: yeah, we've also said stature comes with certain responsibilities, and a lot of that stuff you read about the Obama kids were by who and what. This was a significant person. You know, that's that was the problem. I mean, she has a certain responsibility in that position to watch what she says, but and what Ken, for it.
1: But what Kenny yeah. said is. Of of the thing, and I this is where I agree, I kind of agree with both of you i It wasn't such a horrible joke, no, it wasn't making fun of calling them little monkey girls mm-hmm. or no. making fun of how Chelsea looked. It was just a joke, and the funny thing about that it 's more of a joke, not on the kid. you know, every bit of humor mm-hmm. has a victim he's not the victim really in that joke he's the star of he's joke. the star of that joke, and that's what people aren't hearing they're he, they, explain they're, that to me well because they he's saying he's saying that that kid is going to shoot his home up because of being around Trump of being homeschooled around the Trump family he's not the one he's going to shoot because he's a, surrounded by idiots basically right okay he's not the or the nailing
2: a 10 year old child as potential murder is kind of cold-blooded absolutely
1: uh, all I wanted to say is my mic on all I wanted to say is that there was a West Virginia mayor a few months back who called Michelle Obama an ape in heels. Yes. She never apologized, and she kept her job until she resigned. This woman works in comedy. She's a writer on a comedy show. She's an, show. A, she's an amazing cutting performer. Edge I've seen her perform. cutting-edge comedy show. And exactly. Who's known for its political satire. She tweets this. She takes it
0: down. She profusely apologizes. And, loses and
1: she her still voice. got suspended. That yeah. mayor that called Obama's wife a monkey in heels is still the mayor of that town.
3: I, it wasn't oh, the mayor said, was it it was it was counsel. the associate and the and well, it was and it,
1: she was the head who called okay so, and the
3: mayor laughed at it that yeah. was the she problem. said
1: you made my day is what yeah. the mayor said she right. did resign she did resign no but the point is but, but in, in the i, I listen choice. i don't think trump's children or chelsea or any children trump's in that trump's
2: grown children are fair game perhaps well they got exotic perhaps. game
1: but that little boy <laughs> has done nothing but neither did Mal- Malia and uh, and Chelsea. And she all laid
2: those down kids. with the devil. Oh, oh!
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so late,
1: Fuck! I got a great story for you okay. about seeing Kinnison live with my sister in law. Anyway, um, and and little that kid isn't the, he's not the brunt of that joke. As you said, he's the star of that mm-hmm. joke. And you know, it's it's none of it's fair, but it's fair play. Is what I. Think. But
2: you know what also is not fair? Uh, Trump and company are trying to uh, cut off funding for PBS, which means no more Kim Burns documentaries. Um, you know, never mind what they're trying to do with Planned Parenthood. Uh, oh, yeah. Never mind what they're doing with the health care system. Uh, several states now that, uh, you know, the Republicans got everything in office. So several states are trying to make it illegal for you to protest. That's like Michigan, uh, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Trump's also trying to push through um, the pipeline that the natives were protesting, freezing their ass off just before Christmas. So all kinds of stuff is going down. So we can keep arguing about if little if 10 year old Trump is fair game or if he got his feelings hurt. They're just ramming it right up the old. Well,
3: that's the whole key. Now, the rubber has hit the road. So let's see what happens. One of the things, you know, and even day one, I, I, I was saying to Howard, that stuff saying about the Iraqi oil, it's like.
2: Well, He said that in his campaign Let's take yeah. their oil Yeah Let's jack
3: them huh. So
1: you know For the last five years uh, And for the last 25 years uh, A little less Fred and I have interviewed Lots of stand-up comics Famous ones New right, ones I was make
3: that
0: point.
1: Yeah. And And you know one of the things we say to these young kids, and you'll love this, is, you know, hey, do you talk about this in your show? Or are you talking about the election? Are you talking about these issues? And they all say the same thing. And as a comic, I know why. They all say, Well, no, I'm really not. And Fred has said to me, What the fuck is with these kids? And I always answer for these guys. They're trying to build time. So anything that's disposable, they don't wanna start putting they don't want to spend time working on a joke that won't be around in three months. But you, on the other hand... This joke's going to be around in four years. No, but that's what I was going to say. I told Fred the example. I went on stage five times last week, and I was the only one on five shows that said the word Trump out loud. The only guy. How many shows was I on? I have a little... Because I, I opened a couple little tr- Trump shots, and then I move on. But Kenny has done this for th- as long as I've known you. Whatever the issues are, you're going to talk about them on stage, which is refreshing. It's also scary, because you don't know if it's going to work or not.
2: No, but that's because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a child of the 60s, and uh, the, the, the school I went to in Chicago, they, uh, they had us do current events uh, every day. So that was one of the things we had to deal with. Also, um... You know the political comics and the, and and the social commentary of uh, that I grew up uh, enjoying and loving. So how can you not be current? Well. Plus, you're a
3: pretty, ma- you're a mature comic, so to speak, compared to a lot of these kids. I think they don't want to go there because they just don't feel equipped with the knowledge to go there. And
2: read, goddamn it, you right. got the whole internet. to there you go. On Everything you need. You Absolutely,
3: know. bingo, right there. And what's wrong with coming up with a couple of lines for your show just to show that you're relevant or current?
2: But, uh, but again, though, the, the, the Trump jokes some are already going to become hacked. Like when it came out that uh, apparently there were golden shower parties. Right. I stayed up till five in the morning writing those riffs, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, um, but then, as i 'm nose as i 'm cranking these out i 'm seeing everybody has a go you know has a Trump getting golden beat show. on yeah, yeah. so I thought like well shit by saturday night you 'll be a hack if you do any of these <laughs> you know yeah. so and then um, and then the next step was um, what was the uh, um, uh, alternative facts so everybody 's banging out their alternative facts lines um, right. over you know for the past twenty four hours well right.
1: and it 's funny you say that because when when we were younger. You know, I I went through the the 80s there with Reagan and I had had a bunch of stuff in my act about Reagan because even then I thought, you know, this is kind of fun and I can kind of craft a few things. And for a lot of years, that was a, a staple of what I talked about. The problem is... Now with the internet, so alternative facts becomes a thing the last couple days, and everybody has a chance to sort of weigh in on that game, whereas before it was just guys up on stage like you and I. Well, I've told you
3: the whole thing about blogging before, you know? That's That's why I don't blog anymore. It's just because everybody's a blogger now. So, what what would you do, Ken, if you want to mention Trump, yet you don't want to the golden shower and the alternative fact stuff. So just come up with your, you want to mention it. So you just come up with a different spin, your own spin.
2: Well, um, one thing I just, I've only had one night to do it with, but I just came up and I said, Trump is a, uh, uh, what did I, uh, I I just added all these different things that he was a he was a non-pay uh, no tax paying goat and shower loving pussy grabbing um, little hand uh, shutting down uh, Planned Parenthood motherfucker. so you just get a list of everything that it was <laughs> that's right it's great and and just end it with that and boom and then uh, the only goat and shower joke that I did uh, there were two that I, I liked was uh, he's giving us guys that like goat and showers a bad name <laughs> and, uh, that one kind of had people going (laughs) And then I said, Trump, uh, he really wasn't mocking a a disabled reporter. He was uh, showing you how he acts when he's being peed on. (laughs) And uh, they they, they actually thwarted an assassination attempt. They caught some of the Russian strippers uh, eating asparagus.
1: (laughs) See, the thing about that, I love that shit. And that stuff will be funny in six months.
2: Yeah, it, well, it will. I still won't be getting those corporate gigs dropping that, but you yeah. know and it won't get me just for laughs either.
1: Well, it's funny you say that about corporate gigs. I did one last uh, February for a company. It, it was did great. It, did it hurt? Uh, no, and money was just fine. Thanks. Were they mean to you? They were. <laughs> yes, they were. But I had a discussion. Did they have tails. I had a discussion with the person in charge of me and my content. Just literally because I had to run a joke by him. And uh, it was just one of those things It went back and forth all day And I finally said I'm going to be talking to a group of adults And it was a really mild reference It was uh, and, I, and I said You know these, They're grown ups They're going to have had a few cocktails And trust me There was nothing in, And I got to I, I convinced the guy to let me do the line And the president of the company He was like Hey that was fine uh, there's people just a little bit You're oversensitive. Oh so
2: lucky it could have easily gone the other way. No, absolutely C- it could, for sure.
3: Can't you have Kenny Club and then Kenny Corporate like two different? Well, I found it out... it doesn't work that way. I
2: found out that even my corporate stuff sometimes rubs them the wrong way. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, like I, I think okay, the um, like the last. I guess uh, the last no, I won't say the last corporate that I did, but I did one where um, I was doing basically stuff that I've done on TV and political stuff and what have you, and they just froze up, you know, it, it was terrible. So then they they complained that I I, I had robbed uh, the the organization that they were trying to raise money for and blah blah blah. So of course that hurt my feelings for about a day, <laughs> and then I thought about it. I said, well, not only did you rob them of the money, you pistol whipped them, bitches, nukele, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is that? Excuse bad. me of stealing your, 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 your right. fundraiser by taking mm-hmm. my fee. But, I mean, I did stuff that I've done on TV and, and stuff that I've gotten, you know, uh, uh, reviews for and what have you. And they just curled up, sucked up, and died on me. Funny, eh? Funny.
1: Well, uh, Kenny Robinson, I've got to get this out because uh, everyone should go see this. If you, haven't, if you have not seen this, man. You, are, you have robbed yourself of uh, a necessary night of education and fun at uh, Yuck Yuck's Ajax. And that starts uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. He's taking time away from rank and Vile with our boy, Taryn Frost. That oh, boy, that kid is something else. What
2: am I in Ajax?
1: I think it says no, here.
2: Oh, no. Uh, Darren Frost and I are doing Ajax. No, I'm saying. Oh, the Yucks, uh, March 2, 3,
1: and 4. Yeah, but January 23rd, I thought this is the Ajax show.
2: No, no. That's no. Mississauga. We do Mississauga um, starting, I think, Thursday.
1: Yeah, okay. So that's Mississauga? Yeah. Okay, my mistake. So Mississauga, uh, Yuck Yucks with Kenny and Darren or just Kenny?
2: It's, it's Rankin-Violet. It's me and Frosty. We're going in there.
1: He is just (laughs) fucking
2: He's an animal I gotta talk him off the roof Yeah, he
1: is You know, it's funny He's been on the show a bunch of times Yeah, well, his
2: kids get him up early, eh? Mine don't talk to me, so it's not the same How old are yours now? Uh, The oldest is 26 Then they fall in 17 and 16, so
1: Yeah, are the 17 and 16-year-old girls?
2: Uh, No, the the 17-year-old is a girl And the 16-year-old is a boy
1: yeah, I've got I have two daughters. One's twenty two, and the other one's so fucking mean. <laughs> she
2: is. She is so. This morning, I was talking to her. She goes,
1: "Don't." I, I called her to. She's like, wants to wish me happy birthday. She's like, "Don't." I don't talk to me now. I'm, I've got to get ready for work. Go, okay, well, all right.
2: Well, perhaps you wouldn't have a job to go to if I hadn't have educated you to the best of my ability. So funny.
1: Uh, we should talk about carnivore club, Freddie. I'll tell you right now.
3: Yeah, brother. Mm-hmm.
1: Here, look at this. This is the uh, some of the, art, the artisanal chorizo that we mowed through last week. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: it's the type of stuff you get delivered. A bunch of our hundred uh, percenters, a bunch of our followers, have been ordering this stuff Artisan. at CarnivoreClub.co.
3: Artisan handcrafted exclusive it's the ultimate meat club for discerning individuals here's what you do go to carnivoreclub.co sign up choose a plan and then really get your box or send your box this is a great gift idea you know if you want to be you know you're one of those online shoppers now and you're really lazy and stuff this is the perfect gift with valentine's day coming up birthdays anything it's the Carnivore Club, CarnivoreClub.co.
1: Got a uh, birthday wish from my buddy Tim O'Connor. He says, uh, "Savor the day and yourself <laughs> in a car- <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> he did
2: savor Wait, that sounds like something Frosty would say. He says, you- uh,
1: "He says, savor the day and yourself in a karmic positive potential way, of course. If that involves, I love this. If that involves self pleasuring, which it does most days, interactions with the feminine, which uh, occasionally." Or finding bliss through rectal cannabinoids. I think. I think he means putting weed up my ass. Well,
2: not <laughs> unless you're crossing a border. Yeah, But then true. if you say you're pro-Trump, then they won't ask any questions. When
1: I first met uh, Kenneth, <laughs> when I met Kenny, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you, you uh, partook quite vigorously, if I may, in uh, the medical... Everything. ...in marijuana. Are, do you still s- smoke a little weed?
2: Not so much. You know, I, um, I hardly ever drink anymore. It's just, uh, well, I don't have any drinking buddies, so I figure if you drink all that liquor by yourself, you yeah. know, then, mm-hmm. then the neighbors complain more often. Did he had a party in there? No, it's just me and my several personalities. <laughs>
1: but, but you still, long. the odd, because I, I went through a long period where I didn't smoke any weed and I drank uh, excessively, and then I stopped drinking altogether, and now I medicate myself occasionally. Right, Phil. Yeah, Just once in a while. Once in a while. Not over. I wanted
2: to ask. The reason I asked. I'm too it, depressed to roll a joint or anything like that. That's too much activity. The new, the new weed is
1: so good, and so you you can target it. You can say I'm in the mood for this. And you can get a certain weed. I'm surprised that you haven't availed yourself of this information. So. I
2: have gifts from people, but I've got uh, that have sat in, in, a, in a in a cardboard box inside a tin box underneath my bed for the past year without me even going into it.
1: Seriously? Yeah,
2: it's just... Um,
1: well, you get to an age, I guess. You don't want I don't, to...
2: It's either the age or I say, okay, uh, I, I remind myself, let's smoke a joint this month. And uh, next thing you know, they're rent's to <laughs> again, and you still haven't lit up that joint, you know, so... Well,
1: it's, it's funny, because I was thinking about this. When we first met, you know, there was basically... A only two types of weed There was weed And then not weed Yeah <laughs> You just either ha- That was it There was two types oh, of I remember it, that
2: it, one time When I wouldn't let you Go to sleep at five In the morning You were begging for me Just to Can you please go To your own room Please, please stop talking to me <laughs> And I go Wait I haven't played All this Tom Waits That I just bought The other day At the second hand Record store <laughs>
3: <So>.
1: <laughs> But it's funny As we get older Fred so you've, you've yeah, Talked huh? about how uh, you don't. Know, you know There was a time You could have Six or seven or eight Beers of real beer And now you're drinking This you know, child-friendly beer Or whatever it's called
2: Yeah, it's definitely an age thing I mean, the night before my uh, my most recent birthday I think I had like five rum and Cokes And damn, if I didn't spend the next day in bed mm-hmm. That's
3: funny It's funny when you're younger You don't do that you don't weigh it. It's like, geez, if I do this, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. I think the older you get, the more you start to have those thoughts. Well, I'd like to do this, but what about tomorrow? Well, Hank oh, for
1: Jr.
2: says yeah. a hangover's hurt more than they used to. Oh, yeah,
1: hundred percent. And and it was a it was a different time. You know, think about this. In the '80s, you were you know in your '30s or uh, '20s. I was in my '20s. You mm-hmm. were in your late '20s, whatever. And yeah. and you could you could drink. Continuous. All your little Tom waits for it.
2: Well, because there's always new drinking buddies to catch up with the next day. Or... But
1: what you just said is so true. I don't have that many guys that do that kind of drinking. They're, you know, those guys in their 50s and 60s, They've they're died. mostly
2: dead. They've died, man. That's right. The All my rowdy friends have been lowered into the grave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I stopped drinking last year, I had a bunch of my friends that were my age that said things like, I didn't know you had a drinking problem. But what they really mean is, I
2: didn't know I had a drinking problem. I didn't know we had a (laughs) drinking problem. problem, problem. And you're you're abandoning me. It's like, stay, stay with me.
1: Uh, Kenny wants you to uh, go check him out. At, uh, it's the Yuck Yucks in uh, Mississauga this week. And then I don't know what this Ajax thing is for. Ajax,
2: uh, I guess I just try to mention all the all the rank and file dates. So that'll be in March. Okay. That's the first weekend of March that we'll be in Ajax. So. A, lot,
1: a lot of your kids listening, or a lot of the people listening who are in their 20s now and 30s probably remember Ken. I mentioned this yesterday from Radio Free Roscoe. Do you remember that? Yes, I grew
2: up
3: watching it, Kenny.
2: Well, that is such an embarrassment Did you play the bar- <laughs> you? weren't you playing a bartender on that show? No, I wasn't a bartender. I was like I was like the Arnold from happy days of this of this place. It was a record shop, coffee shop kind of thing, and all the kids hung out. Sometimes I dished out advice. It was 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 okay You know Nothing like being mobbed At Toys R Us And losing uh, Contact with your Four year old Oh it's Mickey It's Mickey So But now it's like You know I'll I'll be walking down The street late at night In a neighborhood Where maybe I shouldn't Be walking And I don't know I don't want to Explain why I was Walking in that neighborhood And uh, a a terrible looking Hoodlum will approach me And go Didn't you used to be On Radio Free Roscoe And I say Yeah And it's okay I'll rob someone else So you know It comes in handy Yeah, you know, the celebrity status. That's great. And don't forget to take your vitamins and Mm -hmm. say your prayers.
1: (laughs) Um, Another thing that Kenny started years ago is something called the uh, Nubian Disciples of uh, Black Jesus. <laughs> what was it? What's the name of the show? Newbian
2: Disciples of Pryor.
1: What was the impetus for that? Because that's been around a long time in the city of Toronto. It's
2: almost 23 years, 24 years. 1995 was our first show. Uh, there's a shortage of black comics all across the country, or comics of color. And uh, it was, uh, uh, Def Jam was already big stateside, and I had done a, a, a couple of shows with some promoters that were trying to do black comedians and hip-hop together. And somebody was saying to Mark that um, perhaps if we had an audience of our own, Instead of having a crossover audience And crossover references uh, The results would be different So I was already planning on, on putting one of these shows together And he asked me if I would And I said uh-huh And uh, our first show we, uh, we had to turn away about 200, 250 people It was, uh, it's been a, it was a sellout smash uh, We didn't even have to, have to advertise for the first year and a half So who would have been on those first shows? Yeah. It would have been you and who else? Russell Peters was on the very first show Russell was up with us uh, until he moved on Um... Let's see. So uh, 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 Orson Payne, he was the first actor that was introduced. Ronnie Edwards. Uh, I remember Ron, Yeah. yeah well, Ronnie's back. He's he's doing stand-up again. Uh, he's back from England. Kadar um, was on there. Fawn Noel. Taron So uh, So, you know, most of them have moved on and what have you. But then there is the next wave. Mr. Moe from uh, from Moe and Darren mm-hmm. from, uh, from The Buzz. So um, actually, Mo is one of the, one of the reasons why the show first got started. I used to stick my head in the club, and uh, the the guy that was the manager at the time says, "You ought to see this, Mister Mo. He sets your race back twenty five years on what he does." <laughs> so I said, "Damn, I thought I did that when I was drunk. Let me see what <laughs> Let me see what Mister Mo is doing that's so bad." And I'm sitting there, I'm going, "That's a bum rap, man." Because all the, he no, he doesn't set the race back twenty five years. He just doesn't know how to set the fucking joke up. So how come because he doesn't know how to set the joke? Up the race, got to be set back 25 years, right? And then uh, there's a friend of mine, Ida Sadu. She's very active in the community. She owns a bookstore called A Different List over at Bathurst and, uh, and Bloor area. And uh, she was at a, a community show, and she said, You ought to do something with this Mr. Moe. And I'm going, I've heard this name again. And she goes, Mr. Moe, he was, he was bombing, and the audience started to heckle him. And I told him he needs to get off, and he told me I need to suck his dick. And she's laughing at this. <laughs> and she goes, You need to. To take him under your wing So it was almost like People are, You know the, the outside forces Were coming to say Well if you don't Kick this door open Who's gonna
1: And 23 years later You've been doing it now Is it, is it still like a, a once a month show Yeah is still it?
2: the last Sunday of the month And uh, the talent pool That we're getting out Is uh, it, It's in, It's uh, Always growing Differences now uh, The names are getting Harder to pronounce Because now <laughs> I'm getting more kids Of African descent You know uh, So I'm getting more Of the I'm getting more of the Nigerian names or uh, or Ethiopian names that I'm screwing up. So, uh as uh, as one woman Ethi uh, says my tongue has been colon- uh, colonialized. So, Colonial. other than
3: visual, what's the spin? With uh, the comics, is it a different style of humor? Or?
2: Well, the the references are different. If you're, you yeah. know, if you if you talk about a West Indian mother and the meal she cooks and the food she prepares, it isn't going to go over with a mainstream white audience unless right. they know about getting that ox mm-hmm. tail, unless they know about eating cow buddy, which is basically soup made out of a, a of a bull's penis. I saw a kid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I'd eat it.
3: I'd try it. Mm.
2: Uh, I saw a kid at the uh, weed club a
1: couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, um, the brown guy, and he told a story about his his mother who was a who may or may not have killed some people. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yesham or Shemi? I'm telling you, it was a fuck. He was great. Shamwa. Yeah. Yeah. pardon me. Shamwa He was Shamwa, Yes, I, I I wish I could remember this kid's name because he's somebody to watch. You okay. can just tell. Uh, maybe when we're done, I'll look it up because I'll tell you um, the way he was. Conducting himself, he wasn't getting a whole bunch of laughs, but you could just see how to he had something because his storytelling ability was great.
2: and he had confidence in his material. Very much so.
1: Okay. and I love this I love this. but speaking of people that Kenny you know you talked about Russell, Ken's been around for a long time, and I wanted to quickly ask before we leave serious because you were there when Norm started Norm McDonald, Russell Peters, Jim carrey I know
2: I'm forgetting some big stars. That you were re- Kevin Hart. he used to drive all the way from Philadelphia, do the Nubian Show for 125 dollars. Come on, my kid said to me, my son says, "You ever hear a comedian named Kevin Hart? I said, "Go in the garage, go for, fight past the raccoons, <laughs> and there's a bunch of cardboard boxes that says "Taxes," and you'll find Kevin Hart receipts next to a, a very modest sum that he was paid. So if you reach out to Kevin Hart now, does, does he remember? I, I imagine he does because the very first time he ever did TV or uh, um, I believe was my show, After Hours, on the Comedy Network. Leslie Jones on uh, Saturday Night Live and Ghostbusters, first time she ever did Sketch, was on uh, was on After Hours.
1: And what about guys like, you know, because I, I tell the story of working a few gigs up here with Norm MacDonald. And, and I used to, see, you know, the joke about Norm was if you spent a week with Norm, the next week, wherever you were, people go, oh, you worked with Norm. And the, and the reason they would know is because you, you started sounding like him.
2: Well, when Norm picked up his cadence, when Norm first moved to Toronto, he stayed at my place for a week, and I think the first night he didn't come home for four days, and I was like, "Rory, like, what's happened to Norm?" So, so, um, yeah, but I mean, it's um, I think Norm's uh, no, uh, I think Harlan Williams. I think the first paid gig he ever got was one of my road shows. We're on the way, we're driving up to Newmarket. I can't believe we're going to get money. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm going, why do you think we're doing this? Now, he's got way more money than me. But I can't (laughs) believe I didn't get money. So, yeah.
1: When you first saw Russell, did you think, like I saw this kid the other night, you kind of just know that kid's going to do something. Did you think that about Russell?
2: No, I never thought that about anybody else other than myself. (laughs)
1: Did you see him uh, Did you see him Having
2: some talent Yeah But because We were doing Chris Pongrat gigs Which was uh, this agent That booked uh, If he was driving Any highway in Ontario Where there were Four walls and a roof He stopped And went Do you want comedy So Russell was my opener In those days And he picked me up And we drive And uh And uh, then later on as as I came back to Yucks And he started to get into Yucks There were competitions where I'd be a judge And he'd come up to me and go Kenny, I'm going, would you get the fuck away from me? The fix is in already (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I already got you You don't have to ask me if I got you I got you, the fix (laughs) is in So, uh, you know, I liked Russell immediately um, You know, from day one But I mean, he was saying like uh, My goal is to play the Apollo And I'm going like, man, what do you Indians think You're going to play the Apollo All right, right?" Hang on right there, Kenny We're going to wrap
1: things up on our Uh podcast extra We'll say goodbye to serious. We're live again in uh, seven days' time, right, Phil? Approximately, yes. Approximately. Seven days from Thursday, we're back. Mm-hmm.
3: This episode of Humble and Fred Radio is brought to you by Sleep Country, Pizza Pizza, FYI Music News, The Retirement Sherpa, Squatty Potty, FreshBooks, Mitsubishi Motors of Canada, and our newest sponsor, Carnivore Club at carnivoreclub.co. And as always, we broadcast to the world from the center of Canada's universe, Toronto, nestled in the cozy bosom of the Squatty Potty Storefront Studios and 5-Hour Energy Performance Zone. More Best of Humble and Fred on the way and online at HumbleAndFredRadio.com. All
1: right, just a couple seconds on our uh, podcast extra. Um, So you're going to, when's your flight? 8.30 tomorrow morning. And you're leaving today?
2: Yep, 4.30. My boy here is going really? to Cuba. Oh, I just came back from doing a movie there. Oh, wow. Food's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I told him. That. I've been there a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Great people, though. Love them. Incredible um, people. Beautiful people. Foods. Just, eep. Are you involved with anybody? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm in, yeah. He's, he's engaged. Uh-oh. To
2: someone in Cambodia. Oh, it's well, the Cambodian <laughs> girlfriend. This, I mean, uh, the this, does, girl. this doesn't reach over there, then, does it? Uh, well, it's a podcast Okay, well So what you do though Is, is you go into like uh, Winners or somewhere And you buy uh, Buy some of those Cheap uh, stockings With the fancy designs mm. And uh, you'll make All kinds of friends there <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, that's when I, when, I, when, I, uh, when I went to Cuba I got off the plane Expecting to see nothing But fatigues and combat boots and I'm looking at The immigration officers And they're wearing These stockings Like you dream of, a, of Your date wearing mm-hmm. And then there's like Women working security and they're wearing heels, you can't get a <laughs> chick in North America to wear heels if you take her dancing. These women are doing eight-hour shifts. Wow, in heels, so, in heels. Yeah. So right away, I'm going. They lied to me about Castro. They lied to me about communism. So uh, things are changing there. So yeah, if you can bring any kind of uh, uh, things like that, stockings, chocolates, they uh, they go a long way. Just like uh, just like an old GI in World War II. I heard there was a store, a little shortage in soap. So I'm going to be bringing a little soap. Um, <laughs> a little tiny, nice soap. Well, I, don't, mm. I don't know if it's I mean, I brought them things like that. I, I brought a bunch of old baseball gloves and passed them out, and that went over. What big, uh, the,
1: movie were you shooting?
2: It's a movie called Skins. Uh, it's about a, a young woman that had been a stripper. She comes down with a with a disease that allows her no longer to uh, be a stripper, and she, uh, she has desires to become a stand-up comic, so I play the club owner. It's my third time playing a comedy club owner in movies.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm not surprised that you're involved in a movie that involves a stripper.
2: Well, actually, there's very no there's very little skin in this stuff. Well, <laughs> really? first of all, they try to bring a they try to bring a stripper pole into Cuba, and it was turned back at the border because you can take the brass pole and you can cut it three to three times and have enough pipe to make a mortar. Mm. So the, you know, the, hey, I mean, they did a revolution. <laughs> wow. Who else knows how to right. make homemade weapons better than these guys? So <laughs> they could they couldn't even use a, you know they couldn't even use a stripper pole. Sure.
3: Now, where was that movie like uh,
2: made out of the states or out of Canada or what? a Canadian uh, Canadian Cuban. Uh, Production companies, really? Yeah. So I mean, the the it's that your money goes a long way in Cuba as far as what you're mm-hmm. paying for your for your staff. So you bring your you bring your top camera guy, you bring your top sound guy, and then you pick up everything else you need. Mm-hmm. If
1: we had more time, Kenny, next time you're here, we'll have you uh, talk to Phil about his uh, incredible prowess uh, <laughs> in terms of kindlingas. Oh, he he's self proclaimed the master of going downtown.
3: I was told by some random ex about that years ago, and it became a thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it, it became a And and the reason I've got to get going Because it's a fucking vortex That you get sucked into It's something else
2: Yeah Three years in um, the
1: making Hey great seeing you again Do you again. ever
2: flip them over And give them a little bit Of a rim job or <laughs> Oh just just the the pee portion When the what? <laughs> just in the vagina <laughs> no, so, so you never You never turn them over And eat some ass <laughs> Bill
3: yes. let's let this it's go it's on that, forever I, I, I guess you know, answer the question That was 2015 yeah. answer. What well, you, you know because it's sanitary
2: Did thing. you or did you not eat her asshole? That's what I want to know. No, I did not, sir. <laughs> I feel like I just feel like he's young. I was a, I know I I like I was a Kennedy on yeah. one of those uh, when those mob uh, I know. that's right <laughs> Senator answer the question <laughs> Mr. Giacana did you or did you not eat the asshole in question? That's he's, what I'm asking you. I know. Just Licked it.
3: <laughs> we can't figure it out. He's just not into the rim. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, especially with them pulling out of the uh, Pacific uh, Rim deal that they <laughs> <laughs> were just—that's <laughs> <on. laughs> right.
3: The Trans-Pacific Pacific he,
1: Rim,
2: the Asian the Rim, the Asian Rim is dead.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, listen, if you if you wanted to spend any time with Mister Robinson, you would be a uh, you'd be a different man. You would be going down to the asshole regularly. All right, kids. Uh, well, <laughs> no, listen, listen first
2: date. <laughs> Always a pleasure seeing you. Always a ball being here. Mm.
0: I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontoMike.com and click notable guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This best of episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, GoDaddy, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, the Chambers Plan, and the Electric Vehicle Network. I am most definitely not Dan Duran. See you soon.